Welcome to the Live Life Lubricated Podcast, where I'm your host and bestie, Katie, where we'll be having relatable conversations that cover sex and relationships, exploring the history of sex and art, and how it influences us today, how fairy tales have shaped our view of love, lust, and happily ever after, and how can we navigate having a dopamine-led lifestyle, learning to recognize where each moment becomes a celebration of joy and fulfillment. Joining me are a captivating array of artists and guests, experts, enthusiasts, and everyday individuals, each contributing their spellbinding stories, profound insights, and unique perspectives. Slip into your stilettos clean, for this will be a journey of conversations that will make you scream, laugh, and maybe even a little turned on to live life lubricated. Hey, gorgeous. This is your bestie, Katie, Katie Rain. And I'm doing this episode of to be my first of many, which is really kind of the um, history of sex and art and how it's evolved um, over centuries. And the first one that I decided to talk about um, in this episode is actually a piece of work done by Salvador Dali. Now, if you don't know who he was, he was um, a well-known artist, painter, um, and he really was more known and a master at doing surrealism um, during the surrealism movement, which happened shortly after basically World War One, And this was a concept uh, surrealism was really more about artists really wanting to dive deep into this um, the subconscious, unconscious part of the mind, right? That dream states where you know there's you know there's a, an intention, there's an idea forming, but the imagery makes no sense if you're not the person who's actually putting it together. Like a really great um, example would be Alice in Wonderland, right? Where she goes from real life reality into the, down the rabbit hole and all of a sudden she's in Wonderland. Even the looking glass, right? Where she goes through the mirror and everything is backwards. It just doesn't make sense. It's the same concept, but far more extreme. And so the piece that we're going to talk about is one from a solo gallery showing that he had done. Um, he created in 1929 and it is called the master, hold on, excuse me, <laughs> the great masturbator. He was about 25 years old and, you know, he actually had lived in a very phobia filled life actually which I wasn't aware of even when I studied art history back in college and art school and you know one of his big phobias was actually with bugs and grasshoppers and we will see those in a majority of his paintings and so they do have symbolic meaning for him as he's facing that fear right um so in this painting he does in fact have a grasshopper it's kind of an interesting placement. There's always all these subjective opinions of what it means. But where I'm focusing on is that the story behind this painting, The Great Masturbator, is actually about him. 
And one of his other phobias that he didn't have, it was kind of impounded into him by specifically his father. And his father would continuously show him pictures of, it's kind of like a medical book specifically for STDs and stuff like that. All the different diseases you can get by having sex. Um, So the... As a child, he developed this fear of anything and everything intercourse related. So for him, it was more so all about masturbation anyway. So that's kind of like a quick summary of what this piece was about for him. It was about facing it and how um, his wife was, um, and if I probably pronounce this correctly, Gala, uh, was a huge, huge um, factor in him overcoming some of these fears and phobias and pushing through it. Um, but this one is spe- meant specifically to be just about masturbation. And she helped guide him through that and also intercourse and, you know, being with her and her own sexual needs and desires. But, you know, so basically to break it down, um, it's this classic, like, biomorphic shape kind of that is classic for him right it's always like these shapes that look like they're melting they're liquid something right and on the the it's the main focus of the painting now it does have facial features on it that shows the shape of outline silhouette of a nose and you see some eyelashes, they look like closed eyes, and then the rest of the face is kind of obscure. There are other factors in here, crawling bugs, like I said, the grasshopper, some lashes that are got this little kind of creepiness feel to it. And then again, that could be part of him working through his phobia of insects crawling on his skin and stuff like that, you know, or maybe, yeah. So like, that's a whole different video. So. On the other half of this painting is very clearly a silhouette of a man's body. And it's from the hip down to his mid calves where it joins the biomorphic blob face thing, right? And right next to it is this bust. And it's said to be, uh, it could be him but it could also be his wife. But the bust meaning in artistic terms is like the armpits, right? The shoulder armpit clavicle, and that goes up to the top of the head and the hair, right? So that's what you're seeing. And this bust is leaning in towards clearly the nutsack and the penis, right? Like it is clearly happening, leaning into it, just ready to ravage this, right? Um, But also in contradiction, next to the bust is this white lily that even at the time symbolized kind of virginity and purity. So it's playing with the concept of contradiction about, well, you know, he was a virgin at the time that he created this. And maybe this is her, right? His now, his his wife, I won't say now, they're not alive anymore. Um, but his wife, right, who's coming in and kind of helping him get through this, this whole sexual phobia 
and working through this and understanding that these are actual natural, it's okay. You know, you're not going to necessarily get an STD and all these horrible diseases um, that he has always been told that that's what's going to happen. And I think it's really quite beautiful in its own right in that way. Once I understood what was going on and that this was actually more autobiographical for him than necessarily some sort of um, other fantasy kind of pornographic in a way of just his own desires, this changes the meaning and my own personal um, reaction to his piece. I mean, like I said, the biomorphic uh, blob, it's really showing that that is a human uh, and he must be sleeping. And so therefore the dream, the desire, right, of having this, I'm, I'm, my opinion is basically this woman, this partner, let's just say this lover, this partner is about to devour him in a way that you know, he yearns for, but also contradictingly is scared of having. Um, and so I just think it's beautiful uh, in its own right in that way. And yeah, that's really just kind of it. <laughs> um, it this was really meant to talk about how, you know, even back then, right? in the early 1900s and even before that in the 1800s and such where, you know, sex has always been prominent in cultures. And it really wasn't until these um, governments or religious uh, sanctions, not sanctions, but um, I don't want to say ruler, but kind of where they come in and they're enforcing like, no, that's bad. That's horrible, blah, 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 yada, yada. And then it creates this encompassing fear and distaste of something that everybody does behind closed doors in front of everybody else. Who knows? Whatever floats your boat. But it's just interesting how um, in Salvador Dali's case, he grew up with that, and it's not that different. I mean, my parents, conservative Christians, were not necessarily that blatant by showing me STD medical books, thank God. But I did go to um, a private school, and it was a Christian school. And, you know, they taught us that sex was only for reproduction. And then again, of course, that's also what my parents instilled and me as well. So that was an opinion that I had for a very long time. And, and until I kind of really jumped into being an adult myself and having experiences and that changed my opinion completely. But I love how in this painting, we are seeing, he is showing us openly that he desired to have all that. And yet simultaneously, he feared it so much which is why it took him so long to be okay with having intercourse with a woman to have her basically um, give him head blowjob. And um, I'm imagining, I don't know, cause you know, the, the different articles that I've read about this don't really go into detail about how, about him and his relationship with her in that way, except that she was the, 
not just the muse of a lot of his artwork, but she helped him overcome these fears to the point where he was able to have intercourse with her, to be able to um, have foreplay in that way. Um, and he, in this painting, for instance, combines that with other fears, like the insects crawling all over his skin, which is, you know, it is, and when you think about that kind of creepy, um, but, you know, these are phobias that he has and it's combined with, yet there's this strong desire and it's just something he wanted, but also feared it. And he couldn't, um, I would imagine before meeting his wife could never imagine it ever kind of coming together, if that makes sense, pushing through that fear, which is another topic as well. And the value in having your fears, but then in the ability to push through them to get to something far more beautiful and um, in his case, explosive, I would imagine. Um, and it's just things, that's the thing with fear is that it's holding us back from something that uh, the higher potential, the the best version that one can have and or experience for themselves. And a lot of times we do need somebody to hold our hand. We do need somebody to walk us through that fear and push us just enough for us to take that step and to realize that it really wasn't that horrible and that in fact we've just overcome that and life is so much better because of this. And so, yeah, so this is a the great masturbator by Salvador Dali and that is actually his story. So I'm hoping you love this. Um, I really enjoy doing these ones. Uh, these are things in my art history class that we were, you know, it was never talked about. If they showed it, it was always discussed about something else. You know, oh, the friends are together celebrating. It's like bullshit. They're having sex. Um, <laughs> so I actually want to bring more of this into my podcast to really, with the point of normalizing that they're, you know, sexual experiences and sensuality are natural, they're normal. And the fact that it's been expressed by artists for centuries, guys, centuries, that it should then and basically let everybody know that it is okay, right? To have these desires to act upon them with your lover, your partner, or by yourself, if you feel so inclined. Um, so again, leave a comment below for me if you'd like me to talk about another artist or bring up a specific painting, if you think there might be a connection. And I will talk to you in the next episode. Okay, bye. Hey there, gorgeous. Thank you for diving into this sultry adventure with me and my guests, exploring the juicy landscapes of sex, relationships, lifestyle, and the alluring realm of erotic art. I hope you found our discussions both enlightening and impactful. For the beauty of connection, the exploration of desire are eternal. 
as I bring the curtains down on this episode, don't let the excitement fizzle out. Connect with me in an email, spill your tea on your favorite tantalizing erotic art, or tell me any topic or person you'd like for me to cover or interview next. Together, let's craft a community that celebrates the sultry dance of human connection because the fun is just getting started. You can email me at heygorgeous at katyrain.com, spelled K-A-T-Y-R-A-Y-N-E.com. Until next time, queen, stay curious, stay juicy, and always live life lubricated.